Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. We got another two players to, today for you Spencer Pulley and Leonard Williams, two guys that everyone in the fan base just loves. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co host, Justin Panic. Justin, we got Spencer Pulley. He's a six foot four, 308 pound center. He's 27 years old. Was brought over by the Giants a couple years ago as a free agent from the Chargers, where he started 16 games. What do you got on the cap? Spencer Pulley, very well liked player on the team. Um, in high school, he was a team captain. He even got 11 quarterback sacks his senior year. Um, he also was a track star, and I'm trying to find what he did. Shot put and discus throw. And then I always like to find what the players major in because I I like to think, hey, if I encountered this person on the street. What could I possibly talk to them about that maybe isn't related to football? And I guess for Spencer Pulley, what you're going to be asking him is, hey, tell us about um, human and organizational development. Because he went to Vanderbilt, and that's what he majored in. Sounds kind of nerdy. Um, but Sounds shot thrilling. put, it's like every office alignment ever did shot put in track and field. It's true. It was like you did your conditioning practice, and then you went and just threw a, a rock as far as you could. I mean, I did shot put. Uh, I can't remember what my PR was. I know it wasn't good, but I, I did throw it. Um, so that that was fun. But it was more of just conditioning. All right, Spencer Pulley, Justin. Uh, in 2017 with the Chargers, he started 16 games. 2018, after, uh, after some injuries, he started nine games for the New York Giants. In 2019, he started one game. His contract, there's two years left on it. Both years, $2.75 million. Zero dead cap for both years. So they could cut him right now and save that 2.75 mil. Justin, I am down on Spencer Pulley. And I get you can go look at the 2018 and it's not a disaster. But you you saw 2019, the way defenses will play against Daniel Jones. He played one game against the Jets. And the Jets certainly don't have some ferocious defensive line. They had traded Leonard Williams by that point. Definitely didn't have some ferocious defensive line. And he was horrendous. He was accountable for three tackles for a loss. Two embarrassing ones, which were like four or five-yard losses. Accountable for a sack. Accountable for a penalty at the end of the game when the Giants were trying to put together a drive to win the game. He was atrocious. He was bad. He didn't do anything that wild me. There wasn't a single play where I was like, ooh, really good job. There was plays where he didn't mess up. But there wasn't any single play where he did really good job. I disagree. So I, I am down on Spencer Pulley. Well, uh, go, what do you disagree with? You literally posted a clip tonight where somebody was head-on with Spencer Pulley, and he anchored down. He kept his legs under him, uh, and it was the play that Daniel – that, That's like that a, a really good play? No, like I said – good play. Plays you said there was bad. no good plays. That was one good play. I, you posted. Where, I, where I said that it was a really good play, where I was like, wow, that's a really good play by Spencer Pulley. Obviously, he didn't screw up every block of the single game. That's not what I was saying, Justin. Anyways – Mentally, he's not horrible. He is decent at like picking up stunts and stuff. That's where Jalapio struggled. But he also just wasn't as good as Jalapio. And that's not saying much because Jalapio wasn't that good. And you know what? The coaching staff, they refused to give Spencer Pulley a chance. Every time they could, they gave Jalapio the shot. Um, and people were banging on the table. Spencer Pulley needs to start. Spencer Pulley needs to start. As soon as he came in, he played one game, sucked, and they moved on from him quick. They didn't give him a single chance. 
So I get like, you know, we're not like in love with the past coaching staff, but they couldn't stand the guy. Like they couldn't wait to get him out of the rotation. It wasn't like they gave him a shot and it's like, okay, uh, now you get your shot. Like with Julian Love, it's like, here's your shot. And then it got propelled when Peppers got hurt. With with Pulley, it was like, hey, like don't even ever, don't even ever think about touching the field after that performance because it was abysmal. It was Saquon's worst game of his career in the NFL. He had one rushing yard in that game, and a big part of that was Spencer Pulley. And you know what? There was mistakes in the run game where there was times where it could have been a huge run, and I, I can't really say this is on Pulley, but basically we're saying the idea of centers calling out what to do, where Caden Smith would block this one uh, a linebacker. Zeitler was pulling and supposed to hit that linebacker. Zeitler runs into nobody, and then a defensive end crashes down and has a tackle for a loss on Saquon Barkley. It was abysmal, and I get you can go back to 2018 where they didn't line up a nose tackle on him, and he basically just got to pick what he could do in pass pro, where it's not horrible, but that doesn't give any hope for me to play him. And we're usually positive people, or at least I'm usually a positive person. This is the most negative I'll be on a player profile and projection. Yeah, and largely I feel like our roles are now reversed today where largely I've been like, yeah, well, look at this little little number and this nitpicky stat where this person could be off or for this exact reason. And then Bobby's trying to be the one that's uh, bringing a little bit more optimism to the table. Um, however, I'm usually not negative, but I watched uh, 2018 Pulley. And Bobby, I liked what I saw, or let me just at least say, I didn't dislike what I saw. And I think you've made you made that point where it's like you can watch 2018 Spencer Pulley and not dislike what you're watching. I thought he was smart. I thought, especially in the run game, I watched I rewatched that San Francisco 49ers game and I rewatched that Tampa Bay Buccaneer game back to back both wins. I wanted to, I I was looking for something positive. I wasn't see, seeking something out negative because I know that we were I knew that we were gonna you were gonna have negative points based off of that Jets game. Uh, I thought in pass pro there was a few times where he was one on one with guys and he anchored down. He held his ground. Um, I think in the run game he did a good job moving up to the secondary level when he didn't have somebody directly on him. He's not fast. He's not a great athlete, so I guess, you know, I guess now we can fully transition to talking about, well, who do we want? Breaking news. Who does uh, the the president of the Nick Gates for Center 2020 train, uh, who does he want to start at center? Spencer Pulley or Nick Gates? So we can have this conversation. I feel much better about Nick Gates as an athlete, number one, as a smart football player, number two, which I guess maybe you can put a, you know, it's it's a draw. It's a draw in terms of uh, football IQ. Maybe you may disagree with that. Um, I do, but also just overall potential and ceiling to be great at what they do. You still have to give that to Nick Gates because I really Spencer Pulley did look slow, like just very slow and very like not non like very just non methodical about where he would go and his movements as a as an offensive lineman. He's a backup center, and I'm fine with him being the backup center. This Even isn't guard. me being mad at him. Yeah, but he's not the backup guard on the team. I'd say Shalane, Shane Lemieux has probably if, surpassed if him or not. If we need it. So he's a backup, and like I said, I'm fine with that. His contract is a good backup contract. It's nice to have someone who knows how to play the center position and not throwing someone, you know, not throwing Will Hernandez at center or Shane Lemieux, you know, on a whim uh, if, if we need to. So, um if Jalapio was on this team, that's where I would want to see the competition. Would be Jalapio versus Pulley again for the backup center. Uh, but that'd be rough. you know what. And as much as you know, it might be oh Bobby's being negative. The coaching staff agrees. They threw in someone who has never taken a center snap in an NFL game, and after day one, Nick Gates moved into the starting role. 
They did the day one thing. We talked about it. The day one semantics that Spencer Pulley is the veteran. He knows a position. Day one. After that, Nick Gates has been in the center spot ever since. You know, they've done some, they have shared some reps, but it's every time we're seeing it, it's we're seeing Nick Gates with the ones. Yeah. And, you know, kind of talking from, I think, a football player's mindset where obviously injuries are going to happen and that sucks for that individual player. But in a way, those injuries and the fact that he's been sitting out a few different practices, uh, Spencer Pulley, that is, this summer, that hurts him tremendously. Hurts him very bad. Yeah, and he fumbled a snap before uh, Nick Gates did. Nick Gates finally did one. And he did have to take a lap because he fumbled a snap. Um, I mean, anything else? Like, I don't want to harp on how much I don't like. I I don't dislike him. I dislike him as a starter. He's the backup. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Um, but, you know, after a long off season of doing this Nick Gates stuff, it's, you know, I have fun with it. I'm positive about it. It's more fun. But when it is time to have, like I said, this is the time to have the real conversation on Spencer Pulley, and that's who he is. He was, I get you can go, like I said, you can go look at 2018 where they're putting two defensive tackles outside the guards, and he kind of just has his way. And he'll have occasional one-on-one with some crappy defensive tackle like, and, and, and do a decent job. But, I mean, in that Jets game, which also it's like this is your time to shine, Pulley. This is your time to win the job. This is your time to go in there and play well. And if he plays well, he probably starts there the rest of the season. And he was horrible. And it led to Saquon's worst rushing game. And it just it was it led to a sack. Like I said, the tackles for a loss. It led to a, a false start penalty on the last drive of the game. So um I mean that shows to me that the guy's just really not a gamer when all that stuff comes together. So all right, Spencer Pulley. Um, wait, 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 I hope wait, wait, your wait, family's wait. not listening. Whoa, I, I have a I have a final question for you. John Halapio's agent listened to his PPP last year. I hope Spencer Pulley's agent doesn't listen to this one. But I have I have a question for you because I think I have questions that are going to wind up ho- hopefully positive. It may continue to get negative depending on how you feel. Um, Spencer Pulley does have both college experience and pro experience at playing at both guard positions. So if a guard were to go down, either Will Hernandez or Kevin Zeitler, are you putting Shane Lemieux in there, or are you yes. putting the veteran presence of Spencer Pulley in there? Shane Lemieux. Wow, so we're not even ending on a positive note. I think it's positive on Shane Lemieux's part, oh. the backup guard. Like I said, spin. the Giants have two guards that I like, and Will Hernandez and Kevin Zeitler. But if they didn't, Shane Lemieux has his issues, but he was someone I would be excited about starting week one. I think he's someone you could throw out there. There would be issues, but he's someone you could put out there. I would definitely put Shane Lemieux out there. Good right. spin for positive Shane Lemieux. All right, let's take a break and move on to Leonard Williams. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, Justin, let's talk about Leonard Williams. He's six foot five, 302 pounds, 26 years old. The 2015 draft, he was drafted sixth overall. Wow, he's drafted really high. In 2019, where he was traded to the New York Giants, he had a total of 46 tackles, two tackles for a loss, and a half a sack. Bad numbers. Bad numbers. His contract right now is one year, $16 million, because he's playing on the franchise tag. Justin, I'm going to let you lead the way a little bit on this one, but what do you got on the cat? Bobby, fun fact about Leonard Williams, because we have a lot to talk about, and I'm saying this very quick. Uh, If you're a longtime Talking Giants listener, you know that Leonard Williams lives a magnificent life in California. Done. He lives a great life. He does a lot of fun things, uh, nature things, uh, what on jet skis, um, fun. 
fun life. Let's let's go visit him next offseason um, when he signs his extension. Haha. <laughs> um, Bobby, this is the second player that I'm most looking forward to talking about during this PPP and during the summer. Sterling Shepard's number one. Everybody knows I'm on a big Sterling Sterling Shepard revenge tour and telling him that he's that he's great and he's the number one wide receiver and why he's so important. Oh, but oh boy, Leonard Williams is my number two player. Leonard Williams is my number two player where I'm gonna go on a to- I'm gonna go on a tirade and tell you how good of a football player he is. But let's just say it, Bobby. Trade is bad. Franchise tag and contract situation, very bad. But what can we do about that? Nothing. The trade, I don't. We've done that too many times. No, I'm not no, that's it. it. But, but I want to preface it. I want to just but say. Here's what. Here's why the franchise tax sucks. Is because the trade could have been not salvaged, but made it look look a little better if they got him on a decent extension. But he just because he had a down year. It was his worst statistical year. So it would have been the best time to get him on extension. We know what type of player he is. We know what type of numbers he can put up. You know, it's not like he, like, you know, the whole, he got a half a sack. I mean, his sacks, his sacks, three, seven, where he was an all pro that year. Two, five, tackles for a loss. Eleven, three, eleven, seven. It was his worst year and his worst year by far. So now he gets the opportunity to one, take up $16 million of cap and have an awesome year. And raise his like contract extension number, where he didn't really have the really the, the only bargaining trip chip he had to get that franchise tag. It was like, hey, you know, you can't lose me. Like, you, correct. If you lose me, you're screwed, Dave Kettleman. Yeah, I wanted to just say because we're gonna have an episode where we're going to say that Leonard Williams is a good player and he's a much better football player than he's getting credit for. So, hey, Bobby, if you if you're if you're a fan of patterns and if you're a fan of random things. Uh, his rookie year, he had three sacks, then he had a really good year with seven sacks. It's, and then the year after, he had two sacks, not good, and then five sacks is okay. So he had a down year with a half a sack, so now this year he's at least going to have five sacks, if you believe in random patterns like that. But let's actually get to real data, and let's actually get to not random things. So let's talk about the rush game really quick. You can't say those are random, but go ahead. Every every other year, he has a good sack year? I think that's kind of random. I. They're, but they're not like the best guys aren't don't get random sack years. They constantly put up sacks. Like you, Aaron Donald's never gonna have a year where he puts up one and a half sacks. I just hate the idea that you like. Oh, that's that's totally random. It's not. But also, random. you you clearly heard in my voice that I was saying a joke, and then you took it seriously. So now I'm really mad at you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk for ten minutes. All right. So let's talk about the rush game. Before the Leonard Williams trade, and our friend uh, Anthony Tomano, uh, he was the guy that pulled this up, and he got a, in his this this tweet did really well for him. Uh, Four point two yards per attempt before the Leonard Williams trade in terms of uh, rushing defense. One hundred twenty seven yards per game allowed rushing yards, and two thousand forty six yards annualized total yards after the trade. 3.4 yards per attempt versus 4.2, 94 yards per game, and fifteen hundred yards annualized. So. He helped the overall presence of this rush defense. Of course, he didn't do it you know, totally and solely. It wasn't just him, but he helped that presence. Um, let's now talk about some pass rushing numbers, and let's talk about some his ability to create pressure. Because, of course, he is not getting sacks, but he does a very, very good job at creating pressure. QB hits among interior defense alignments since 2015. Aaron Donald, 93. Pretty darn good. One of the best players in the National Football League. Well, Leonard Williams is just behind him with a, a, a just behind him by eleven quarterback hits with eighty two, and then Fletcher Cox third place, sixty four, huge gap, huge difference there 
and quarterback hits, I am of the belief, and I will continue to tell you how Leonard Williams had a pretty good statistical season, especially with his eight games with the Giants. Good statistical season about creating pressure. If you create pressure in more ways just besides sacks, it is going to be more of a predictive way to measure sacks for hopefully the following year. So let's go into some other stuff. Let's compare him to Yannick Ngakwe because everybody liked doing that. Everybody wanted Yannick Ngakwe. Everybody and their mother loved how he was posting Lawrence Taylor pictures earlier this offseason. So let's compare Leonard Williams on a 16-game pace versus uh, Yannick Ngakwe in 2019. Leonard Williams had 12 QB hurries, Ngakwe had 10. 20 QB knockdowns for Leonard Williams, Ngakwe had 9. 34 QB pressures on a 16-game rate, Ngakwe had 27 in 16 games. 22 QB hits on a 16-game rate with the Giants, Ngakwe had 15. And Leonard Williams, 52 total tackles when Ngakwe had 41. Every single one of those categories, besides sacks, and sacks are important, I will never deny that sacks are extremely important. They're extremely valuable. But in every single one of those categories, Leonard Williams was better on a 16-game rate with the Giants compared to Yannick Ngakwe. And everybody loved Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. It's just for me, I I like that stuff. And I think, like, Leonard Williams is a good player. Like I, And he like it seemed like he unlocked Dalvin Tomlinson in a way we've never seen Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, and I get that. So I get like you can't just look at the basic stat line. But at the end of the day, QB hits and hurries, they're not real stats. You know what I'm saying? They're indicators. They're not oh, stats. Oh, yes, they are. And I, I, well, a hurry's not a stat. What's a hurry? Well, you said QB hits isn't a stat. QB, if you're hurrying the quarterback to throw the ball and hitting the quarterback when they're attempting to throw the ball, that could be the difference between a completed pass and an incompletion. It could be the difference between a tipped ball, a bad throw, and an interception. So it don't. I don't want to hear that it's not. It's, it's not a it's real not stat. A stat. You're though. impacting the game. Stat. You're impacting the game. Okay, but you, I mean, he had a QB hit against Aaron Rodgers, and it was a 45-yard. All right, pass. well, that's one. You're nitpicking one. But what I'm saying is it's a stat. Like, you know, when you tackle someone. It is a like, stat. Okay, you you're say, you're saying it's not a stat. You stop someone there. All right, well, a tackle it's, also, when you make a tackle 17 yards down the field, that's also a stat, and that's bullshit as well. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's a stat of this is where the play stopped because he, the, someone tackled it. So it's, it's an indicator more than it's a stat. I disagree. You're impacting the game. Never said that. Like I said, it's an indicator. It's not... QB hit like you don't you can't you can't really go to your contract and be like look I got QB hits well it's like well you had a half a sack I disagree I think that's a huge part because it's better indicators of how you're going to create pressure the Indi- next year it's an indicator, a guy but- a guy can get ten sacks you can be like Kyler Fackrell and get ten sacks and then fifteen QB hits and then surprise surprise if you're going to get the same amount of opportunities the next year your sack rate may be lower and that's not a surprise because you only hit the quarterback fifteen times. Like I said, it's an indicator, not a stat. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Leonard Williams, good player. Like I said, him, Dexter Lawrence, and Dalvin Thompson is a deadly trio at the interior defensive line. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know any other team that has that. Now, I, I, there probably is, and I'm ignorant to it. But it's a, it's a deadly trio at that defensive line. It allows for Blake Martinez, the inside linebackers, it allows for them to do stuff. And like you said, that stat of the running game, it's not all on Leonard Williams, but I think a big part of it was on Leonard Williams. It gave Dalvin Tomlinson more one-on-one options. So Leonard Williams is a really good player. Um, he's worth a long contract, obviously not at $16 million, but he's a good player. Um, he's had years where he's gotten sacks. He's had an all-pro year. So like you're saying, he's a he's a good player. He's not an awesome player, but he's a good player. Um, 
and I wish we could have got him extended. And, you know, I don't want to go into the whole trade talk. I just wish we could have got him extended, even if it was for a little more than people would have wanted. You know, the number we said going in the free agency was around 12. If it would have been 13 or whatever, I I don't know. Uh, Corona has affected it a little bit about cap going forward, but it just sucks that they couldn't get something done this offseason because, you know, it would have been cool to get a contract off of his down year where it's like, like we, I don't think, I mean, no one can expect his year to be as bad as it was in 2019, like stat wise. Yeah. Yeah. Watch, watch us. Or, well, watch me in particular, just be totally wrong on it. But, uh, Hey, it, it's a bad situation. We all know that it's bad. He's a good football player. Um, I think even the one final thing that I forgot to mention is just about his double team rate, but also his win rate is also slightly uh, below average, I want to say, but his double team rate is also slightly above average in terms of how often he is being double teamed. So he's commanding up space, which you're hoping is going to allow more open space for guys like Dalvin, for guys like Dexter and our edge rushers, whoever's playing next to him as well. Bobby, uh, we even sometimes forget to mention this. We could see some plays and a decent amount of chunk of plays this year where Patrick Graham, uh, he could be using four down linemen, where he could be using maybe B.J. Hill and and uh, uh, Leonard Williams out there as two defensive ends, and then you have Dalvin Tomlinson and Dexter Lawrence as your two down, you know, two defensive tackles. We could see that. We could see a lot of looks where you have three down linemen and you're only using one edge rusher, um, which means that you're going to have maybe Leonard Williams lining up with his hand in the ground right next to a left tackle or a right tackle on some situation. So, you know, he's not just going to be solely rushing the passer and trying to be productive from an A-gap or a B-gap. Maybe he's sometimes he's lining out there on the edge, but he's just putting his hand in the ground, which if we're talking about uh, putting him in the best position to try and, you know, get his numbers up, I think that's it. It's tougher to generate from that interior part of that offensive line and that defensive line. That's my point compared to lining up on the edge. Right. So it's going to be a big year for him. Um, We need him to produce, but part of like the, the devil in that is that like, well, he produces, he gets some huge contracts. So, but at the end of the day, we want to see the Giants football players play good. You figure the contract stuff out later. If we give a a good, a big contract to a good player, we can't complain about that. Anything else on Leonard Williams before we roll? No, uh, Root for him. Root for Leonard Williams. I know it's tough for for a lot of people. I know a lot of people are just very biased with the trade. Um, Root for Leonard Williams because Leonard Williams does make the New York football giants a lot better of a football team. So go Leonard Williams. We'll see you in California next offseason. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, Leonard Williams. Invite us out there, man. I... We've been you 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 were the highlight of our segment giant stories in the offseason. All right, Justin, that's the show. We'll be back tomorrow with another player profile and projection. Uh, getting a lot of DMs of people binge listening to these. Love, love to hear that. And our download numbers show it. Where it's like, oh, we put this episode out. We have this many downloads. So it's been cool. The numbers been growing. Reviews been growing. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>